I definitely appreciate that testimony. James 4, beloved, Lord willing, we'll finish out this chapter. Pray for Gary. I miss him. He's This is normally his slot, third Sunday. But um, pray for him up in Ohio. I remember I said, is Kathy going? No, she don't go when it's cold. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> James 4.11, we'll pick up, of course, right preceding that is, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. <clears throat> James picks up, speak not evil one of another, brethren. You know, it's a shame that that should have to be behind that, that command, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgeth another? Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy, and sell, and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. <clears throat> Pray with me, please. Oh God, we thank you for the word of God, Father. I thank you that you, you give it to us for instruction, for reproof, for correction in righteousness. Father, that we may be equipped, furnished, Father, uh, to go out into the world and to shine as lights in this dark world, Father, to be salt, um, Father, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Lord, I pray that you would help your dear people tonight, help us all, Father. We stand in need of your power. Lord, I pray that the word would go forth, not just in word, but in power. Speak to us, Father, as only you can do it, and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, James starts off, and in, in these final verses, James warns us about first evil speaking and second evil boasting or evil rejoicing doesn't seem like they should go together. But first, evil speaking. Now, I don't have to tell you that evil speaking is a common sin among fallen humans, is evil speaking. The words that are synonymous to this or that go along with this, this passage is slandering, backbiting, or gossiping. Of course, you know backbiting is talking behind someone's back. Um, it's common in humanity. All you have to do is get yourself in certain crowds and around certain people, and before too long, somebody will start bashing somebody or talking about somebody that's not there. That's backbiting. It's common, a common place in the world, common place when you get in conversations in the world. Beloved, it should not be common among us. It should never be common among us. In fact, James, uh, uh, Paul talks, and I think it's in Ephesians, and I don't know where it's at right now, but he said, he talks about the sins that shouldn't be among us. And he said, 
let these things never be named or not be named among you once as become a saints. Um, and I'm not so sure if that one's included in there, but I'm sure it could be. And so, listen, you know what your mama always said, right? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything good. Don't, don't say anything. Um, um, so James says, speak not evil of one another, brethren. Um, listen, if you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, then don't say it behind their back. And then even if you would say it to their face, beloved, we shouldn't be offensive, purposely offensive, because some, some folks will say things that are very offensive and hard to hear uh, to their faces. But listen, it's an easy sin to fall into. You know, and listen, I've been in, you, you get in and around a bunch of people and they start talking about some things and everybody kind of just falls right in. And you have to be very careful, beloved, uh, when falling in. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, I'll just read you that passage. <clears throat> you know it, 1 Corinthians 15, where the Apostle Paul, he says, Be not deceived, brethren, evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications, bad company. You got to know who your company is. And when you hear those things, beloved, listen, we have to we have to struggle against that and we have to trust the Lord that we would keep ourselves silent to that. Paul goes on to say, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Listen, we know. In fact, the last verse in this passage, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We know that it's wrong. And so when we know that something's wrong, beloved, we need to, we need to retreat. Uh, silence, uh, if you're in a crowd of folks talking about somebody, it's the best thing to do or to turn away. Uh, in fact, in one of the Psalms, uh, we'll go there in a, a few minutes in Psalm 101, um, I think it's David says that he's, he won't suffer someone with a slanderous tongue, and, and neither should we. Um, it's kind of like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you see what so-and-so did? In other words, and people just start talking about them. Listen, don't fall into this trap, brethren. Leviticus 19.16, just listen. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer. Talebearer literally means a slanderer. And I don't have to explain slander. You know what it is. It's talking down or talking bad about somebody. So uh, Moses wrote there, you will not be a slanderer among thy people. Now, James has kind of prepared us for this. We know the whole of chapter 3 talks about sins of the tongue. Uh, but in chapter 1, he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every one of you be swift to hear, slow to speak. Slow to speak. Uh, the heart of the righteous studieth to answer. In other words, he that refraineth his lips is wise. And those are the things, beloved, that we need to learn uh, from the word of God and pray that the spirit of God would enable us uh, for, uh, to, to be able to do these things. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James one twenty six. If any man among you seem to be religious, but does not have a bridle for the tongue, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And I think the correlation there is James is saying the tongue is connected to the heart. And so, beloved, we need to be so careful uh, we ought to have bridled tongues, bridled from slander. We need to pull back from it. If we have, we need to repent and ask God to forgive us. 
James 3, 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And listen, it's, it's amazing to me that uh, how much strife can be caused by words. And of course, that strife comes from within our hearts. A psalm that we sing, the psalmist in Psalm 141 says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And beloved, that needs to be our prayer. That needs to be what we cultivate in our own hearts and minds. You can look at James 3.9, and this is the last example I'll give you about uh, of this in James. Of course, in verse 8, he says, The tongue can no man tame. But we know who can tame it, right? The Spirit of God will tame our tongues. Of course, our hearts must be made new. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. And therewith curse or slander we our brother or others, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? We know the answer is no. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? No. Either a vine figs? Well, no. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And so he's teaching us. And listen, it ought to convict us when slanderous words or backbiting words or words where we talk down about someone. We'll see in a moment that James says when we do that, we speak evil of the law. We'll see that in a moment. But look at Ephesians 4.29. Just a, a few other passages to nail this down for us. And listen, this is not deep theology. This is very easy to understand. But the practicing of it, beloved, the practicing of it is where we need the Spirit of God to help us. And we need to ask God to help us that we might conform to the image of Christ in these things. Ephesians 4 and verse 29, Paul says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. To, to slander someone would be to grieve the Spirit of God. And he goes on to say, listen, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. But be followers of God, dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And that's where he says, let these, none of these sins be named among you as become a saint. Next verse. Fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, nor filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, and he goes on. So let look, these things should not be named among us, beloved of God. 
Um, Galatians 5.14, just back up a moment. Galatians 5.14, Paul wrote to the Galatians, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We know that the first four, the first four commandments are love to God. In fact, I love Brother Ron Crisp. He calls Exodus chapter 20 the love chapter, and that's what it is. We love God and we love our fellow man. So thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of one another. And listen, we need to always remember these epistles were written to Gentile churches. They were written to Christians. And so it's, it's, it's enlightening to realize you know, when I was first saved, I would read this and I'd say, well, this is all being written to sinners because Christians don't act like this. He was writing to Christians. And so it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And beloved, um, I think of that passage in Hebrews that we read this morning. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily um, that, that we might not be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 1 Peter 2.1, I'll just read it to you. Peter says, Wherefore laying aside all malice, and y'all know what malice is, to, to, be, to be maliciously angry. In fact, I think when there are murder charges and they'll talk about someone being murdered with malice, means with wicked intent. And so he tells us to lay aside all malice. Listen, if there's malice in us, if we're malicious, then... We're in a bad place. And Peter's writing to the saints, to the scattered Jewish saints. He says, lay aside this and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Lay those things aside. Now, Titus talks about that in chapter 3, but we won't go there. But listen, beloved, none of our lives should be characterized by evil speaking. None of us. We should, be not, we should not be known for speaking evil. We should not be known for slander. People shouldn't, people should, listen, after a while, people should, people should know better of coming to you to gossip. And that, you know, like if, if they know that you don't want to hear that, then hopefully they'll stop coming to you. And don't let it be that you feed on that. Because listen, listen, it's, it's easy to fall into the trap. And you know what gossip and slander has its root in? Pride. Because when you talk about somebody else, you're saying you're better, and you're setting yourself up um, as being better than someone else. So be so careful of gossip, which is a terrible sin, backbiting, terrible habits to fall into. And again, if you have a problem with these sins, then go to the Lord, repent, have enough uh, spiritual perception and, and wisdom to say, I need to, I need to cast this sin off. Now, Turn back to Psalm 15, and then we'll move on. But Psalm 15, listen, to cast off sinful habits, we need to cultivate holy habits. And, beloved, we need to believe the Word of God by faith. We need to believe that our God will grant us grace and strength. He will enable us to overcome these sins. Um, Psalm 15 I love the psalmist here. Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? 
He that walks uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart, he that backbiteth not with his tongue. He that does not backbite with his tongue. God says, that's the man or the woman that'll abide in my presence. And so, beloved, keep that close to your heart. Psalm 39 and verse 1, just one verse. Verse 39, chapter 39, I'm sorry, Psalms 39. The psalmist was resolved that he was not going to do this. He says, I said I will take heed to my ways. That's good to remember. That I sin not with my mouth or with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. And so that's excellent to remember. Um, Psalm 101 Psalm 101, verse 5. Of course, verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him will I cut off. I won't company with him. And so, beloved... Speak not evil of one another. Speak not evil of one another. Listen, when we do speak evil of our brother and sister in Christ, James moves on, we make ourselves a judge. And in so doing, James says, if you're back in James chapter 4, we speak evil of the law. He says there, He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother... Because that's what we're doing. We're judging. We're not a good judge. We're a bad judge. We're speaking evil of the law. And we're judging the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. And listen, John says we're to be doers of righteousness. And we're to be doers of the word. James said that in chapter 1. You might say, how am I speaking evil of the law? Well, this is how, because when you slander someone, when you backbite them, when you speak evil of them, you're transgressing the law by speaking evil of your brother or your sister or your neighbor. And the law teaches us what, how should we treat our brother, our sister, or our neighbor? We should love them. We should love them. In fact, look at Romans 13, 8. Romans chapter 13 and verse 8. We should love our brother, our sister, or our neighbor. In fact, you owe it to your brother or your sister or your neighbor to love them. You don't owe it to them to judge them. In fact, in Romans 14, Paul says, who are you that ju to judge your brother? He will stand before God. And so don't be a rash judge. Don't, don't stand in judgment. Don't point at people. Don't talk about people. You judge yourself. And if you judge yourself, you won't be judged of the Lord. Um, Romans 13, 8. Notice, owe no man anything but to love one another. And what he's saying is you, do no, you owe this to your neighbor. You owe this to your brother or your sister. I owe this to you. I'm obligated to love you. He says, for he that loveth another hath what? Fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, 
thou shalt not bear false witness. And in that ninth commandment is wrapped up slandering and speaking evil. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this, namely, saying namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I love verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. And included in that is evil speaking, slander. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. But listen, beloved, it's not your place to speak evil of anyone. It's not my place. It's not your place. So don't do it. It's your place and your obligation to love them. So let's do that. Um, but listen, when we do speak evil of our brother, or our sister, or our neighbor, we make ourselves a judge and we set ourselves above the law and against Christ, the lawgiver. And again, that's not your place. It's not my place. When we speak evil of our brother or sister, or our neighbor, it's as if we're saying, I am the law. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, to speak evil of someone else is to put yourself above them and to point at them and to think you're right. And it's done in pride. And back to James 4.12, I think this helps to understand what James is saying. James, after this, he says, There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? So don't do it. Don't speak evil of your brother, your sister, or your neighbor. So finally, as we move from evil speaking now to evil boasting about what we have no control over. And what do we have no control over? Well, a bunch of things, but in the context here, we have no control over what happens a little later today or tomorrow. We have no control over the future. These are also thoughts of an untamed and a proud heart. As an untamed and proud heart will speak evil of their brother or sister or neighbor, an untamed or a proud heart will boast of what they have no power over. And, beloved, it shows that we have not been humbled in the sight of the Lord, verse 10 of chapter 4. But James warns us here about being spiritually thoughtless, about not thinking the way we should think about what's before us. And what's before us is the uncertainty of life. And we live at God's will and command. And as the book of Job talks about the shoreline of life. He's, you ever notice how he, he talks about the, the waves that hit the shoreline? And God has commanded the waves, hitherto shall thy proud waves be stayed. You ever thought about that? The waves stop at the shoreline because that's where God said they're going to stop. And one day, beloved, our life is going to be like one of those waves coming to our final shoreline. And God's going to tell you and me, hitherto shalt thou come and no further. It's, it's our appointed day of death. And so we don't know what shall be on the morrow. And life is very short. And we don't know. Just Listen, just because I'm 64 doesn't mean I'm going to live till I'm 80. And just because you're 15 doesn't mean that you're going to live till you're 80. Beloved, our lives are in the hand of God. And James starts off with a rebuke here in verses 13 and 14. He says, Go to now, ye that say. And the question for us all is, do I say things like this? And if I say things like this, am I evil boasting about the future? 
He says, go to ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. We've all done that, haven't we? I'm going to go here. I'll be there tomorrow. I'm going to do this. And beloved, that's actually evil boasting when we think we're going to be places. Listen, there are many, 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 many people who thought there would be someplace and they never made it. And they got to that shoreline where God said, hitherto shalt thou come and no further. Uh, Ecclesiastes talks about that. We'll look at that in a moment. But listen, beloved, we know not what shall be on the morrow. And listen, we ought to think like this every day. Um, you know, it's. I thought about my day. Well, sometimes the day kind of goes the way I think it'll go. And most times the day goes absolutely not. It doesn't go anything like I think it'll go. And so... I'm asking the Lord to help me to say, Lord, help me to submit to whatever your will and providence is for me today. So I'll, I'll submit to you with gladness and I won't think, oh no, you know, because things change and we get angry and, and sometimes some very tough things happen. Uh, but he says, you know not what you'll be on the morrow. And it's all rooted in this thought of what James talks about of our lives. You know, we live life I think, um, if we're honest with ourselves, there's probably not one of us that thinks, you know, I might die today. And we ought to think like that. We ought to think that today I might reach my shoreline. But we don't. And James says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a short time and vanisheth away. And so we ought, we ought to live every day of our lives in thinking a couple of things, believing that hey, I pray the Lord would return today. But the other thing is, is it's not a bad thought, beloved, to think, you know, Lord, today you might call me home. And we ought to be prepared for that. Uh, and we ought to know that in reality, there's only a step between each of us and death. David said that in 1 Samuel 20 and verse 3. Um, our lives are but like a little vapor that appears for a short time and vanishes away. I remember my mama, she's 98. I'm going to go see her tomorrow, Lord willing. Um, she would, uh, when she was in a foul mood, we would say, hey, what are we doing for Christmas or something? And she'd say, I might be dead for Christmas. And she was right. But she wasn't. And I tell people, I said, I'll tell people sometimes, this is my mama. She's been dying for 80 years. Because she would always say, we'd say, what are we doing tomorrow? I might be dead tomorrow. You know, I mean, she was, that was just mama. So, and look, Proverbs 27, 1 says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day will bring forth. And so, beloved, that needs to be how we live our lives. That's, listen, there's, there's so much advantage, spiritual advantage to living your life like that because what you're saying is, Lord, Psalm 31, 15, my times are in thy hand. I submit my life to you, Lord. And so my time is in your hand. In fact, in Ecclesiastes, look at Ver Ecclesiastes 9 and 11. Um, 
You know, the wise man here talks about the race of life. Um, and he talks about man knoweth not his time. And we don't. Listen, I, you, we may leave today and God may take me today or tomorrow and you may see me no more. And that's okay. This verse is not talking about when he talks about men being snared in an evil time. It talks about those that aren't ready for death being snared. You know, if God takes me suddenly, that's not being snared because... I believe God has saved me from my sins. I'm ready to die. But those that aren't ready to die, notice in verse 11, chapter 9, I returned and saw unto the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time. As the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. And death comes, and all of a sudden they are launched out into an eternity from whence they cannot return. Beloved, our lives are very brief and short. Luke chapter 12, just one, one more example of this. And you know this story. This is about the rich man who had big plans. And there's nothing wrong with making plans. But this man made plans. And his plans did not include the will of God. His plans, when you read the text, include on, included only his will. It included only his will. If you look there in 12 and verse 16... It says, he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. God blessed him. And it says, he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. There's no Lord willing. And Beloved, this is the definition, one of the best definitions of evil boasting. So he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, to have a bumper crop is not a sin. And to build a bigger barn is not a sin. But it should have been if the Lord will. I will do this or that, and I will build bigger barns. But he didn't do that. Listen, to say I will do this or that, and I pray that this would be in my heart and yours, to say that I'm going to go do something later today or tomorrow, and not to rather say if the Lord will, I will do this or that today or tomorrow, 
is what the scriptures call evil boasting and sin. Listen, our lives should be every day. In fact, the Lord teaches us to pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, in me, as it is in heaven. So, Lord, thy will be done and not mine. So not my will, but thine be done. And we know that's what the Lord Jesus said when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just a few places, and I'll just show you a few examples of the Apostle Paul. Look at Acts 18, 19. Paul practiced this, and it was in his heart. And that's really the thing. I don't want to just utter the words without the heart. I want it to be my heart, Father. Because, listen, if my heart is thy will be done, Lord, then when things go sideways and I'm hit with a side wind, then I'll deal with it in a sanctifying way and not sin and not say, why is all this happening? No, it's, it's not my will, but thine be done. And so Acts chapter 18 and verse 19, look there. It's, this is Paul departing Ephesus. He came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they desired him to tarry longer with them, he consented not. But he bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you. He didn't stop there. He said, if, if God will. If God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. And then 1 Corinthians 4.18. 1 Corinthians 4.18. And then one more example. And I think that suffices um, for us and there are other examples in the scriptures but listen this, this ought to be part of our vocabulary not just to be part of our vocabulary but because it's part of our hearts 1 Corinthians 4.19 he says well verse 18 he says now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you but I will come to you shortly and it doesn't stop there of course you see if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. And then 16 of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16, and verse 5. 16 and verse 5. He says, Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia. For I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. If the Lord permit. Beloved, learn how, make that part of your devotion. Uh, make it part of your heart, beloved, because listen, it's God's will that's going to be done. Submit yourself that God's will is going to be done. And know that that's how we need to live our lives. And know that we're not promised tomorrow. Listen, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that and go into such a city and buy and sell it, get, day, get gain. Listen, our lives are in God's hand. And listen, our daily devotions need to be that we commit ourselves, we commit our lives to the Lord uh, because we don't know what God's got left. I don't know what the Lord has left for me this evening. None of us do, but we should keep 
Psalm 31:15 close to our hearts, and I'll, I'll finish right here. And the psalmist says, my times are in thy hand. My times are in thy hand. And so, beloved, let us, let us guard ourselves against, as James teaches us about evil speaking, and let us also guard ourselves against evil boasting, evil rejoicing, rejoicing in plans that we make that don't include the will of God. Uh, let's pray, beloved, that God will help us in these things. Amen. Well, let's dismiss in prayer. Father, thank you for this passage, uh, this last part of James's epistle of chapter 4. Lord, I pray that you would teach us. Lord, um, help us, Heavenly Father. Uh, the first one, Father, is tough. I've found myself in situations where... Uh, it's my fault being sucked into a conversation in which uh, there's evil speaking, Father, about someone. And Lord, I pray for your forgiveness. I, I pray that that sin would not be named among us, Lord, especially among, our, among the brethren in the church. But Father, let it not be named among us in regard to our neighbor or somebody who differs in an opinion of us or thinks differently about something than us. It gives us no right or reason to judge them or to to speak evil of them. So help us, Father. Guard us against this terrible sin. And Father, help us not to, to boast, Father, of what we're going to do today or tomorrow. Help us to remember that our lives are, are, are in your hand, Father. And you direct us, Lord, uh, with your providence. You turn us on different paths each day in all to bring honor and glory to you. And Father, help us to, to remember that and to submit ourselves to you. Nothing wrong with us planning to do something or this or that or to go somewhere, Father, but help us to pray about it and help us to submit ourselves to your will. Help us to say, Lord, if, if you will, we'll do this. And so, Lord, we, we ask for your grace and your help. As always, Father, help us with any besetting sins that we have. Um, Father, we, we need your grace, we need your strength, we need your help, Father, to overcome our sins. Uh, Father, help us to be contrite and tender, to be sorrowful when we sin. But then, Father, give us grace, O oh God, uh, to overcome the, the sins which would so easily beset us. Help us to cast them aside. Uh, help us to continue to look to Christ. Help us, O oh God, to remember his agony on the cross, Father. Help us to hate the sin that killed our Lord, Father, knowing that it was ours. Bless these brethren now as we go to our homes. Father, be with all the church, Father, for those even that couldn't be here. Lord, we pray that you'd, you'd give grace. Prepare us for the work week, Father, whatever's before us. Father, help us to submit ourselves with gladness to you. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>